Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 14 through 20, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 3, verse 7 through 18, and Canticle 9. God grant us serenity to accept the things that we cannot change courage to change the things that we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, New Year's is coming up pretty soon here. I hope that you all have your resolutions all figured out, you know, exactly how you're going to be immediately better people in just a couple weeks. I do love every year how I think that all of a sudden I'm going to just start living a completely different way than I've been living the last 365 days. I love that kind of delusion that I suffer under. Um, I actually... I, I, I don't like New Year's resolutions because New Year's is a very specific period of time that's coming up, and on January 1st, all of a sudden, I am expected to do something different. I, I prefer my self-improvement to stay in the land of the hypothetical, right? I, 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 want, I want, when I think about the ways that I could improve and the ways that I could be a better person and the kind of world that I'd like to help create, I like to keep it all up here in my head, and when you try to hold me accountable to that, Matt, that makes me very uncomfortable, right? So my preference would be that we could sit around and think about what kind of a world it could be and what kind of a per- people we could be and all the different ways that we could hope and dream for a rosier future. And you're telling me that we're going to have to actually start working towards some of these things in real and concrete ways? Well, that makes me very uncomfortable. This is why this this gospel lesson today actually holds us accountable. And I know that you're thinking, what are you talking about? It's just, he just, Gary just got up and read a bunch of names that I've already forgotten and then said, like, the gospel of the Lord. And we're like, I guess. Um, But but the truth is uh, um, that I love this reading. It's very sneaky in what it's doing. Because we would love to think about the work that God is doing in Jesus Christ and keep it in a metaphorical or a sort of uh, abstract, idealistic place. Once upon a time, Jesus came. In this sort of imagined fairy tale past, Jesus showed up. That's comforting. Because if Jesus is in that sort of land that is sort of timeless and, and metaphorical, then we can always hold on to this metaphor of our lives being changed. And we can talk about Advent now and Christmas now as when Jesus comes this year and I can't wait for Jesus to show up as if he hasn't already been here working in our lives. What I like about this text is it says, no, 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 this isn't hypothetical. There was a specific person who was emperor and a specific person who was governor and a specific person who was ruler of this area and these were the high priests and this is what it looked like. And Luke is saying, this thing that you were hoping for actually happened. God's presence in your life is not just in your head. It's not just something you can think fondly of or hope for. Gosh, I hope someday I'll be able to experience this or God will show up. God is here. This text holds us accountable to God's presence. If we take what we heard today seriously, then we would 
Stop wondering when God is going to show up and start looking for where God is active and living in our lives right now. That's tough work on a number of levels. The one is, as I said, it's that forcing us to think about a time, think about ourselves right now and live right now. I'm, some of us really love to be nostalgic about the past, to think about what could have been. And when we dream up this imagined idealistic future, we oftentimes think about recapturing the glory of our past. And I wrote about it this week, talking about our desire, for instance, for us to get back to normal, because normal was great. Is that right? So some of us are trying to hold on or reestablish things that are long gone. That's not generally my style, uh, not because I'm a better person. My, 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 I err in a totally different direction. I like to think about the future, like I've said. I like to dream about all the things that are going to be. That's where I like to hang out. I don't like to hang out in the past. I like to hang out in the future, which sounds like I'm saying something really wonderful about myself. But again, that's my mechanism for not having to deal with right now. If I think about what could be, I'm keeping myself from acknowledging all of the things that are. The people in Jesus' time are begging for deliverance, begging for God to show up, and God shows up, and they keep begging for deliverance and begging for God to show up, and God is acting in their lives, healing the sick and making the lame to walk, raising the dead, proclaiming freedom to the captives, and they are going, gosh, I just wish God would show up. That would be great. And we, we thinking about our idealized past or our imagined future, can we see God present here and now? See? I plan that. Plan that, yeah. Good work. I, I want to be clear, I don't actually have a problem um, with New Year's resolutions. Uh, I think they're great if they work for you, and if they're not, they, and if they don't, that's also fine. We're going to do things, some of us, we're going to try to actually do things to make ourselves better, and some of us are just going to be like, yeah, that's, I just, uh, it's not going to happen. And, and I just want to say uh, that this text is for you, because the the presence of God that John the Baptist is proclaiming is not actually about you. It's about God. It's not about you making it happen. At first, it sounds like that because he says, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And you're like, aha, good. I needed some, I needed some duties. Thank you for giving me some clear, concrete steps that I'll avoid. And, um, but then we start to think, if I don't make the world exactly what it's supposed to be, God's not going to show up. We begin to think that it's on us to improve ourselves and improve this world, or else this won't be the kind of world that Jesus wants any part of. Like somehow we have to make ourselves, our hearts, our souls, our lives, our communities perfect, or else God will not love us. But we know the story of Jesus, right? Like when he shows up, does he show up and go, oh man, you guys have been preparing such a great way for me. Thank you so much. And everyone's like, see the road? We made it straight for you. 
Is that what happens? Or does Jesus show up into an absolute bloody mess? Jesus shows up into to deeply complicated lives and impossible situations, into the uncertainty of occupied Israel, in a place where everything is falling apart. That's where Jesus shows up. And the prophet tells us this. Both John the Baptist and Isaiah, whom he quotes, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And we heard it in our reading from Baruch as well today. And guess who does the leveling out? Guess who makes things just in this world? You? (laughs) No. God. Guess who is at work to make love apparent Manifest, obvious, clear in this world. God. My only actual problem with self-improvement stuff is the self part. We're always thinking about what we can do to make ourselves better as if this whole thing is about us. To make ourselves more acceptable, to make ourselves more lovable. Meanwhile, God is in our lives. We do not conjure God up. We do not wish God into existence. And I know some Christians say that you got to invite Jesus into your heart before he'll do any work. But I'm sorry to tell you, you can invite Jesus into your heart all you want. He's already there doing the work. He showed up in the 15th year of the reign of the emperor Tiberius when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and he hasn't left. Hasn't left. I know there's an ascension. I know. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ is present in this world doing the work and in your life. And here's the beautiful thing. Sometimes you see it. Isn't it great when we see it? Sometimes you see. Sometimes I can actually tell that God is alive and present and active and living in my life and that God is God and I am me and it works out. And I love that. Other times I do not see that at all but it doesn't make God any less active or any less present. We somehow think that if we don't transform our lives, our lives won't be transformed. Every single part of your life bears the mark of the God who loves you. Every single part of your life bears the mark of the God who loves you. There is so much work to be done in this world, and I do not doubt that. And I don't want for us to sort of divest ourselves from our responsibility to care for one another, for our responsibility to work alongside God in the real and practical work of peacemaking, of love and justice. God is doing that work and we are meant to participate. This is the call of the prophet. He proclaims a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, which sounds like all sorts of religious wordiness to to us if we're not really paying attention, but that repentance, that idea of baptizing ourselves into a reality where we turn around and look outside of ourselves and look towards the God who is already present, already loving us, already forgiving us, and already working in this world. So if you're going to make a New Year's resolution, honestly, awesome. 
great. Understand that whatever you do for yourself or for this world in 2022, anything you do that works for the good, for the improvement, for the better, for the justice, for the love of yourself or this world, you are doing in partnership with the God who is already at work. Anything that we do that is worth anything, that is at all beautiful, that is at all loving, that is at all just in this world, any of it, it is not something we do so that we can become the kind of people God will show up for. God has shown up. Our prayer for Advent and for the days to come is not that we can make ourselves ready for when God shows up. It's that we can learn how to open our eyes and see God's presence now.